Davidson, and I'd like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's begin with prayer. My Heavenly Father, to all those that are listening, open our eyes that we can see, open our ears that we can hear, open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend under the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you, my heavenly Father. Grant a spirit of grace on this message, a spirit of grace, what we don't deserve, what we didn't ask for, but what you did anyway. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been here? I was dating a young man when I was in college, someone that I was very fond of. He was a businessman at the time and traveling in different states, different weekends, traveling often. This one time he came to me and he said, Kathy, I'm going to be out of state for the weekend and I won't be able to spend any time with you and I'll call you next week. I said, no problem. My parents were going to visit my grandparents. It was a great opportunity for me to go visit with them, and I joined them on the trip. The trip to my grandparents back then was about two and a half, three hours, and they had a large van, three rows of seats. I sat in the very last one. In fact, I appreciated just being able to spend some time looking out the window of a vehicle. And as we were driving, we were going to pass by the parents of the young man that I was dating. And as we did on that trip, we passed that young man that I was seeing. He was in his car. He was wearing casual clothes. And I realized at that moment that I had been lied to. And I remember the knife that went through my heart. I sat back on the third row of seats and I laid down so my parents wouldn't see that I was upset. I spent some time thinking, making excuses, you know, maybe his plans were changed, those kind of things. And I laid there for a little while. I was talking to myself and out of my mouth came these words. Kathy, what is really bothering you? My answer surprised me. John 3, 16. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't believe it. There was the root of my hurt. There was the very depths of my heart speaking out. I did not believe that God loved me. Have you ever been there? Let's take a look at these words in the Bible. John 10, 35, Jesus himself said, the scriptures cannot be broken. They cannot be. 
So in these scriptures that never change, that are from everlasting to everlasting, we can find hope. We can find our answer. And God, by the Holy Ghost, will lead us to overcome those things in our hearts. I want you to go to Mark 1, 14, 15, like we have been. Verse 14, now that after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel. The gospel, that word means good news of the kingdom of God. And saying, how was he preaching it? He was saying this, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. So how do we get that kingdom? Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. We have spent several weeks on this. If we can only see all the answers to our heart's problems are in these few words, repent you and believe the gospel. We know repent means to change the way you're thinking, not to think this way, but to believe the gospel, to trust in the gospel, to adhere to the gospel, to commit to that gospel. Well, I want to take a look at why the gospel. Why? When I was a little child, I was very curious, very inquisitive. And I remember I loved to see how things worked. I loved systems. In fact, I loved them so much that my parents went out and bought me an encyclopedia with extra, I think they called them back then, childcraft. And they had a whole series on how things work because that's what I always was asking questions about. How does this work? What does this do? In fact, my dad said to me one time, Kathy, I appreciate that you like to see how things work, but please do not take apart things if they are working. So we are going to look at why. Why? I was a child that always asked why. Well, why the gospel? You know what? It's in here. It's in here. I want you to go with me to John 3 again. And we were talking about this last week with Nicodemus. But now I want to go to John 3, verse 14. And this is Jesus still talking to Nicodemus. Now remember, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. He was one of the most religious sects at that time. He followed the Ten Commandments to the letter. He followed the law of Moses. But he came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, No man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. Nicodemus saw. He saw that God was with Jesus. And he also saw that Jesus had something he didn't have. And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. He said that to a man that obeyed the law of Moses. He said, you must be born again. And as they were talking back and forth, Jesus gave us the reason for the gospel. And we know by 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, what exactly the gospel is. It is defined in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. That, how, that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. But why? Why? Why did Jesus come to earth? John 3, 14. 
Jesus is speaking. He's talking to Nicodemus. He said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus was telling Nicodemus right there that he must go to the cross. Did you know that Jesus knew even before he came to the earth? In fact, in Revelations, it says that Jesus knew he was going to be crucified before he even created this world, before Adam was even created. And here he is telling Nicodemus again that the Son of Man must be lifted up. He said here that he had to go to the cross. Why? 15, that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, eternal life, not just life, but eternal life. And then verse 16, here is the reason for the gospel. Here is the reason that Jesus must go to the cross. Here is the reason that he had to die, that he had to be buried, and he had to be raised again. And I heard this verse, like I said, so many times. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to look at those words, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. The reason Jesus came to earth was God sent him. Jesus didn't come on his own. Jehovah sent him. And it says that over and over again in the book of John. 16 times, I believe it says, that Jesus said he was sent. He was sent by the Father. He was told to go by the Father. He did not come on his own. Why did the Father send Jesus? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. 1 John 4, I believe, states that God is love. He is love. Do you know God not only loves you, But God is love. Well, if he is love, then he's got to love you. He's got to love all of us. You know, the wonderful thing about God, he is a father. He's a father. Jesus referred to him as the father. And when Jesus was raised again, one of the first things he said to Mary Magdalene was, I ascend unto my father and your Father, my God, and your God. Did you know that God is your heavenly Father? Well, I'm a mother, and I know about being a mother and having the love of God in me. It wouldn't matter what my children did. It wouldn't matter how deep they went in sin, that my love for them would never fail. Well, you know why? Because I have the love of the Father in me. You know what? The Father, your Father, your Heavenly Father, feels 
the same way he is a father. How was he going to save his children no matter how deep in sin they were? He was going to send his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus out of love for us. Out of love for us. And those six words for God so loved the world. The world. Are you in the world? Well, then God so loved you. The scriptures cannot be broken. These words were given by the Holy Ghost to holy men. And they cannot change. Well, if you are in the world, then God so loves you. And that is the reason he sent Jesus. He loves us. He loves you. He knew the only way to get us saved was somebody was going to have to go and pay for our sin. Somebody was going to have to shed blood for our sin. And he knew the only one that was able to do that was his begotten son. And so he sent him, one son for a whole lot of sons. Now, let's go on. What condition did Jesus die for you? When did Jesus die for you? Go with me to Romans 5. I'm going to begin in verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. See those words? Oh, if you have a Bible, open it up and look at these with your eyes as well as here. It says, When we were yet without strength, in due time Christ, that's Jesus, died for who? He died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the good man because there aren't any. He died for the ungodly. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But verse 8. But God. But God. Jehovah. Our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That word commendeth, it means to show. It means to prove. It means to exhibit his love toward us, to prove his love toward us. Do you hear? Do you know when Jesus died for you? When you were at your very worst. When you didn't even want to have anything to do with God. When you were up to your ears in sin. When you were angry. When you were hurt. When you were guilty. That's when Jesus died for you. That's when God proved his love to you. And that he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus for you when you were at your very worst. 
Oh, those are good words to hear over and over. Jesus was sent to die for you when you were at your worst. It is good to remember that when you are endeavoring to walk in this kingdom because there'll be days when your condemned heart will come up and you will have that condemnation feeling. But to remember these words that God proved his love, commended his love to us, and that when we were at our worst is when he sent Jesus to die for us. This work of righteousness, this work when Jesus begins to work in you when you become born again. This is a work of the heart, not of the head. Jesus and the Father do not work in the head. They work in the heart. I want you to go with me to Romans 10 again. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, it says, Thou shalt be saved. And verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do you see that? It's a work of the heart. God works in the heart. He doesn't work with the head. And he knows those deep hurts, those deep wounds of the heart. And that's where he begins to work when we become born again. I will tell you from that testimony I spoke in the beginning. Years later, I was at my home getting myself ready for the morning. I had a little time and I was considering about Jesus on the cross for me. And I was considering about how God so loved the world. And I was considering that those words were beginning to become life in my heart. Real life. They were becoming real. I was beginning to feel and understand the love of God. And as I was doing that, Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, said to me, Kathy, reach out your hand and touch me. When I heard that, I stopped because I realized there was something in my heart that didn't even want to do that, couldn't even do that. And Jesus said again, Kathy, reach out your hand and touch me. Oh, I hesitated. There was something in me that just couldn't do it. And the third time Jesus said to me, Kathy, reach out your hand and touch me. So I began to, I humbled myself, and I reached out my hands. I had my eyes closed. I did not touch an arm or hands of Jesus. I actually touched the wall. But the moment I touched that wall, because I, in faith, reached out my hands, the power of God surged through me, and I went to my knees. The love of Jesus pouring through me. He had reached the goal that he had me pray those many years before. He spent all that time working in my heart, 
reading the word out loud, letting those words get into the heart. Jesus was working in my heart all those years, and that day it came to a fruition. And you know what happened? As I was weeping and receiving the love of Jesus, he delivered me of a powerful spirit of rejection that had been in my heart all those years. It was a glorious day of freedom, of deliverance, and he has that for you. He has that for you. Oh, the human race has been so rejected because we would not go to the Father in Jesus. But God can deliver us from that rejection. That is the very reason God sent Jesus. For God so loved us. And he proved it by sending Jesus to die on the cross in our place. And as he, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must let Jesus in the heart so he can begin the work. So he can heal the bruises. He can heal the wounds. He can heal the rejection. And you can let the love of God flow through you even unto others. How are we born again? I'll read that verse again. That if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So pray this prayer with me. Let's get that work in the heart started. Jesus, come into my heart. Lead me. Teach me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name. Amen. That is a prayer that he always hears. That is a prayer that he will always answer. Amen. I have the perfect song to finish this. It is your love, ministered here by the My Girls.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would like to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. That's kd at kdwol.com. Or you can write her at Kathy Davidson, Post Office Box, 94 1925, Plano, Texas, 75094. You can also find her on the internet at her website, kdwol.com, and on Facebook and also YouTube. Until next time, God bless.